0: Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, you'll have ad-free episodes, and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech living in a box don't think think outside the box don't go outside your box (laughs) that's my advice to entrepreneurs
0: Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. We have our next LA startup spotlight. This company is awesome. I've known about them for years, but I actually only got to utilize them in the past few weeks, and I was blown away and begged the founder to be on the podcast because I'm like, this is amazing. Such a solution. Startup called Buddy Truck. I will let Brian tell you more. Hi, Brian.
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us about Buddy Truck.
1: Yeah, my name is Brian foley I'm the founder and CEO of Buddy Truck. Buddy Truck's a mobile app that will connect you with a buddy with a truck straight from your phone. Think Uber for trucks.
0: Exactly. So it was about 7 o'clock at night, and someone was buying a couch from me, and they messaged me, or maybe it was a little later even. Maybe it was 8 o'clock at night, some, something late, right, after hours. And they messaged me late, and they said, I just got to, uh, what's that, U-Haul, and they won't give me a truck because you have to return. I don't know what the deal was. It was a stranger I didn't know off of Craigslist kind of thing. And they're like, do you know what to do? And I'm like, Me? Like there's this app called Buddy Truck and I didn't even remember exactly what you guys did. And so I get to my house. I was, like, commuting home, uh, you know, in order to meet this girl for the couch. And there's this truck there. And I'm like, oh, where'd you end up finding it? Totally not thinking. She used the—I didn't even include the URL. I just wrote, like, buddy truck in the message. And, uh, yeah, she's like, it was so easy. I just—I ty- used the app you told me about. I'm like, that's amazing. And then I emailed you, I think, that night. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was, was so— I love hearing
1: stories like that.
0: And the guy— that was there was so nice like and just like really great customer experience because i didn't know i thought the guy and all the people there were all her friends like i didn't know that was also the buddy truck guy helping move the thing downstairs like that was pretty cool so yeah i mean is that a normal ultra
1: talented yeah is
0: it like they help you move the thing too or was he doing something
1: special no no they're there to help they're a buddy and a truck.
0: I mean, it is so cool. So how how did you come up with this idea? <laughs> and how how much is something like that? Like what she? I didn't even ask. How much was that that she did approximately?
1: Yeah, well, we're a dollar a minute and a dollar a mile, so it does depend on how long it went and how far across the city she went. L A is a pretty big city, so right. you know the difference between moving a couch from Santa Monica to Venice and Santa Monica to the Valley is highly discrepant Right, right, right. But if she's on the west side, it was probably $30, $40.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. So, yeah, how did you come up with this idea?
1: So I actually ended up crashing a U-Haul. <laughs> um, that sounds expensive. It was expensive. <laughs> yeah, so I had found a room for rent in a four-bedroom house on Craigslist, of all places. They seem to be uh, a common theme here. And I exchanged some email with the owners, and I was the person for the job, never met the people I was moving into the house with, and end up renting a 14-foot U-Haul for one item that could have easily fit into the bed of a truck, and I'm not qualified to drive this thing, obviously. I'm pulling up to the front of the house, and I'm trying to parallel park the U-Haul, and long story short, I get stuck on the bumper of the car behind me, end up ripping the entire front of the car off, and it was my new roommate's car.
0: No, (laughs) who I'd never
1: met, who I'd never met.
0: Was was he was he cool?
1: Yeah, she was super cool. She felt more bad for me than I felt, but it was a very awkward first impression. And the insurance that I bought on the U-Haul only covered the U-Haul, not the car, so it ended up being very expensive.
0: What do you do within your company? Like, what is? I know your role is founder and CEO, but like, you know, like I always say, in We Are LA Tech, I'm the communications director. Because that's like what I'm communicating, you know. <laughs> so, so what is it that your is your core competency within your company?
1: Yeah, I would say there's a few things that most CEOs do um, that I do that are pretty normal, right? Fundraising, financial modeling, strategy, and all that other kind of stuff. But you know, we changed all of our titles to end in buddy. So I'm actually the chief executive buddy <laughs> at Buddy Truck. And um, I kind of am the role model for how to treat people at the company. I think that's my prime role. Our goal is to treat everybody like a buddy, whether it's how our buddies treat users, how we treat our drivers, how we interact with our partners. And I kind of set the tone. So I take that role very seriously. And that's my prime job is to be everyone's friend.
0: I you know I could see that one I saw it in the guy that helped us. I, f- I didn't even know he was a buddy truck guy because it felt like one of the girl's friends. <laughs> and and then That's I beautiful. and then I actually felt it this morning like in this interview I've never had anyone more interested in who I am in the
1: office <laughs> than
0: you I'm like wow like really getting to know me like You have to. It felt like so genuine and sincere. I was just like this is cool this guy really takes time to get to know who he's talking to <laughs> so yeah you're really good at being a buddy
1: <laughs> thank you thank you lots of practice
0: <laughs> well, are you from LA
1: no, I'm from Texas.
0: So when did you move to Los Angeles?
1: I came to LA eight years ago for college. I went to Pepperdine and never left.
0: Oh, cool. I I actually uh, spent some time in Malibu. Pepperdine's gorgeous. So where in LA is Buddy Truck based?
1: Yeah, so Buddy Truck's based in downtown Santa Monica, but uh, you could get a Buddy anywhere from as north as Thousand Oaks and as east as Pasadena all the way down to San Clemente in Orange County. We've kind of taken over this SoCal bubble.
0: That's awesome. And, and if I remember correctly, you're in other cities now, too.
1: Yeah, we're in Austin, Texas. Amazing. uh, Home sweet home. South by. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Such a good spot. Go to Lambert's. And then, um, yeah, we're in Chicago as well.
0: So cool. And so and how long? When were you guys founded?
1: We were founded in uh, 2013 and we went live August 2014.
0: Because I met you at that uh, L.A. Tech Mixer. um, I can't think of his name right now. Do you remember? It was uh, by the beach. Uh, like I think at the Viceroy or something and you guys were doing like a pitch it was like I think it was in 2013 you guys are relatively new and so it's really exciting for me to see like these guys like maybe what did you have like a truck at the time or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were the first buddies. Yeah.
0: So um, how do you go from how many employees or even like part truck guys do you have now?
1: Yeah. So we have 3,500 buddies.
0: What? <laughs> that sounds a lot of humans. It is. So how do you go from when I met you to 3,500 human beings that you have to watch over?
1: Um, I think you, you go one buddy at a time. You you try and build relationships and, and treat people well. And, and that message spreads throughout your user base, throughout your you know driver base, throughout your partner base, throughout your investor base, throughout your employee base. And that's a step that often gets overlooked in the quest for revenue growth and other things. So I think that's kind of why we've stuck around even during this time of, you know, low venture funding and other things. We've been a self-sustaining, profitable business for almost a year now.
0: So did you raise money at one point?
1: We did, yeah, but we haven't raised money for over a year. But uh, when we were fundraising, we raised a little over a million dollars
0: congratulations.
1: Thank you. We've made more than that in revenue.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> I was just about to say it's funny because obviously raising money is not an easy thing to do, but most people see it as an accolade. And in a way of how difficult it is to do, I definitely think it's an accolade, but it's not a sign of a successful company so to speak because the company needs to sustain itself to be successful the investment money is simply like a tool to get you there and I think that's what especially new entrepreneurs forget they're like we raised we won drop the mic you know
1: it's totally like
0: the work has just begun at that point it began way before and now it's like, re- it's like reborn
1: <laughs> I completely yeah. agree I, I couldn't agree with you more on this stance I think most people when they close a big round feel like they've won the game or in fact raising Money just allows you to play in the game. There's plenty of companies who've raised tens of million, even Homejoy has raised over a hundred million dollars, who end up failing. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely not a sign of success. But there are positives. I would say if if you can raise money, number one, it shows that you can sustain your business through tough times. You can uh, grow whenever. You don't have the internal capital to grow. And not only that, you're validating your market from people who are really intelligent financially in that space. So so there are positives and there are reasons to chant and, and all that. But at the end of the day, uh, the return on investment, not the investment, is how you, in my opinion, grade a company.
0: A hundred thousand percent. I'm so glad we talked about that a little bit. Who was your first hire?
1: Our first hire... Outside of the founders was actually a, um, a marketer, blogger we had. We, um, we wanted to do a little campaign before launch to kind of be at the top of SEO rankings for certain things whenever we did go live. That was our initial strategy. Of course, that strategy failed miserably, but um, that's just part of the startup game. I guess you, you learn and pivot.
0: And then how about the hire right after that?
1: Then it was tech. It, it, we hired um, some tech guys. We hired a CTO. And then after that, we hired some front-end developers and some back-end developers. And it was time to build a product.
0: And what would you say, I'm really curious about this, because I think the business that you've built is really difficult. It just seems like there's a lot of literally moving pieces. <laughs> um what would well you say played. what would you say has been one of the most challenging things that you weren't necessarily prepared for that you had to quickly become an expert in?
1: I would say the toughest thing about our business and this is perhaps speaking to every entrepreneur ever is The fact that we built a product for a market that we no longer actively market in. You know, we built a product to be a moving service. And although we still do a lot of moves and Craigslist stuff, mainly we are now like a last mile logistics company for furniture stores, right? So... Esprit may use Buddy Truck once or twice a year, but West Elm Crate and Barrel use it three, four, five, ten times a day. So it's interesting that you know we did all this market research and industry research and competitive analysis for the moving industry beforehand, and we ended up disrupting a different industry, last mile logistics in the end. So just becoming a, an expert in that space and, and an expert in all the industries that you're not. You know, we are a last mile logistics company, in theory, or a software company, but we've become experts in furniture stores. We've become experts in storage. We've become experts in all these auxiliary services where we help our partners. One of the things you find whenever you put your partners first, you end up hopefully learning more about their business than, than they do or they know, which is which is a tough feat. And I'd be lying if I said we're very good at it. But that's the hardest part in the space
0: first of all i had no idea so that's really really fascinating to me it reminds me of like know who you're audiences know who can afford you like if your customer can only afford 10 bucks versus a customer that can afford 100 bucks doesn't change the value of what you're selling it's just a simple matter that that one person can only afford 10 so you need if you, the value of your product is 50 dollars, you need to go to the person that can afford 100 it sounds like that's what furniture furniture stores they can afford more
1: yeah, yeah. so you bring up an excellent excellent point. And I didn't even go into pricing, but you are kind of judged monetarily on your competitors. And so when you're competing against U-Haul for a uh, peer-to-peer move, you're competing with $29. Whereas when you're competing with furniture store delivery, where prices generally start at $150, you end up going from being a luxurious premium option to a low-cost affordable option when your price point didn't change at all.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. I'm really, really curious how you scaled to other cities. That just sounds really scary, <laughs> and and you're here in Los Angeles. So, do you hire like a city manager? How does that work?
1: You you do, yeah. So there, there's there's a few ways. Scaling is more an art than a science. What we did is we had a launch team go to new cities and kind of get the supply side first. What we found is that if you can't fulfill deliveries, it doesn't matter how many people know about the service. If nobody picks up, then your service kind of dies right away. So that's that's always step one, and then step two is going in with a partner. When we opened up Chicago, we went in with a very big partnership with Value City Furniture, who has dozens of locations across the greater Chicago area. So we were actually able to meet our expected cost with expected revenue right out the gates from day one with that partnership. So I think that was a, a smarter scaling strategy and a less risky scaling strategy than um, say how an Uber or Lyft goes to a new city and throws big launch parties and puts a lot of money in the PPC and Facebook ads. But um, when you have the right partner, it makes scaling more of a uh, a financial decision. Okay, let's let's weigh the numbers against each other versus um, a scary decision
0: I love it I you know how you're building buddy truck sounds very European to me like it <laughs> like in Europe it's if you don't Succeed. It's not fail fast and whatever that silly term that we have here is. It's if you fail, you're you're shunned from the community. It's like you're done for. And because of that, European entrepreneurs need to make very practical business decisions that genuinely grow the company. They don't have the kind of credit lines and funding opportunities as accessible as we have here. And so it sounds like you've decided to grow Buddy Truck just in that way, in a very practical, like – you know, two plus two needs to equal four. It can't maybe equal four one day. <laughs> like, it has to equal four in order to grow in a sustainable manner and to keep this company profitable. And so, yeah, I love it. I really admire it. Why, why did you decide to start Buddy Truck in L.A. and not Austin or Chicago or another startup city?
1: That's a great question. I'd say, number one, I was from here. I lived in L.A. Most of the people I knew were in L.A. And I think whenever you start a business of any kind, your business is nothing more than a reflection of you. Your business is yourself. And the way you brand yourself is the way your business is going to ultimately come across. Right. Like I've always tried to brand myself as everyone's best bud. And by no accident, our company is called Buddy Truck and not, um, you know, Freight Shippers Incorporated. <laughs> um, Whatever that may be. And so my personal audience was here, and I felt like if I could sell to my personal audience, that would be kind of the first step in improving that we actually had a viable product here. And, and, and also, you know, it's interesting when you become more comfortable with people, to your point earlier, they become more honest with you, whether that's positive or negative. And so we got a lot of feedback from friends and family members and others, both good and bad, when we first started that I don't think we would have gotten if we would have started somewhere else. So I'm glad we started here.
0: I'm really curious. When you first started, what was your vision then? Like in 2013, what did you think would become a buddy truck and in how long?
1: Oh, yeah. My vision was to destroy U-Haul. I was just so, so upset internally about my bad U-Haul experience. And I actually thought normal civilians shouldn't have the right to drive such large vehicles. And so we wanted to be like the... The peer-to-peer movers of the the U.S. We, I thought, hey, you know, personally speaking, I was a college student asking friends for help, and none of my friends who had trucks could or did want to help that day. So I wanted to pay for a service where I would get that same experience—a buddy with a truck just helping me out, like a like a friend would do, and and that was our initial vision. To a large extent, we still do that, but um, we do other things as well.
0: How has L.A. helped accelerate your growth? How has being here, the L.A. tech community specifically, helped accelerate you moving forward?
1: So there are a few things that L.A. does very, very well. And I think number one is branding, right? Like, I I don't know if it's because of Hollywood or because of all the influencers we have who are Instagram models or Snapchat models, but I feel like people in this city um, are very very good at branding, almost to an extent where LA has this kind of personas being fake because people were branded so well that right. it, that it comes off not genuine. Right. Um, that that'd be the negative side of branding, but the positive side is that the branding talent and the marketing talent in this city, I think, is unmatched. Right. And so when you have a product, if you have a good product team or a good or good technical product, the next thing you want to be able to do is is sell it or market that product or brand that product and. I think the talent here for those specific skills are unmatched.
0: That is awesome. I'm I'm curious, did you raise money from investors in Los Angeles or outside of Los Angeles?
1: Just like anything else, like we started with our personal network. So our first round was friends and family. A lot of them were here in Los Angeles. A lot of them were back in Texas. The next round, our kind of first angel round, so to speak, from stranger money, was from people in Los Angeles and people in um in Miami, actually, oh, of all places that
0: I did not expect. And, <laughs> and
1: now we have people on our cap table from New York City, from San Francisco, from Columbus, Ohio, kind of all over the board.
0: Oh, cool! Well, that is a, completely an answer I did not expect you to have. Uh, everybody always says, "Matt." I thought it was either going to be, of course, Silicon Valley or LA. I didn't know it was going to be so eclectic. <laughs> and um, what resources in LA do you recommend in LA tech specifically?
1: From a fundraising perspective. You know, in hindsight, fundraising is a lot easier if you go through a incubator and an accelerator, and there's some really good ones here with Science Labs and Amplify and etc. Of course, I'm always, always, always gonna push getting LA marketing and branding talent. I think marketing firms, advertising agencies, PR firms... L.A. is second to none in in those spaces. Even before L.A. tech was a thing, a lot of Silicon Valley startups were using L.A. marketing firms to promote their product, all the way back to Uber and others, just because the talent here is so well and I think there's also a lot of budding tech talent coming out of this city. Um, Weez Labs is a prime example of that. There's, Can you spell that? Weez Labs is W-E-E-Z-L-A-B-S.
0: And what do they do exactly?
1: They're an outsourced dev firm. They're located right on Lincoln and Pico. Some good buddies of mine run that company. I think they have about 200 developers here in Los Angeles, and, and they're world class. So. And we'll
0: include it in the show notes as well. Do you have different PR branding agencies or people that you would recommend?
1: I personally worked with C.J. Johnson um, forever. When C.J. Johnson was at his big firm, to when C.J. Johnson was private, to now he runs Janelle and Johnson, his his own firm. So I, I've I've been with them through and through, and I think he is a world class personal and brand brander
0: what what kind of uh deliverables would you expect from cj like if somebody were to hire cj tomorrow what what kind of results can they expect because i find that a lot of times pr agencies say they'll deliver a lot totally and then nothing and then they're like oops sorry (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That is, that is a great point. And and from PR specifically, I still think no matter who your PR firm is, even if you have the best one, the founder is always going to be the best PR resource. For always, okay. There's so many times where CJ or whoever would reach out to TechCrunch, reach out to Business Insider, and get no response, and then I'd reach out, and and they'd want to talk to the founders. I, I think I think inherently, maybe that is part of every founder's obligation is to do PR. But for CJ, which I really appreciated being such a numbers right-brained, analytical, practical founder, um, CJ gave me tangible numbers that we're going to hit. We're going to have we're going to grow by this many followers every month. We're going to see our social following grow by X percentage every month or I don't get my full commission. We, when we first started, we had something where, where CJ was paid in tiers depending on how well he performed, and he performed so well that we ended up paying him a, a lot more. But like I said, he's very logical and very numbers-driven. So
0: That's awesome. For
1: a founder who's very right-brained analytical or an engineering <laughs> background, they'd really appreciate that from the creative side of business that tends to be a lot less uh, data-driven.
0: And we have thousands of people listening to every episode. And, you know, they're everyone from someone starting out to someone who's had companies acquired. Now, you've gone through a lot of processes yourself where you've uh, started out just brand new and you've raised money and all that. So is CJ someone that's affordable to someone new starting out or is it only for those people who are already a little bit seasoned in their companies?
1: Yeah, I would say with CJ, he buys in more to the idea than the paycheck. CJ interviewed me before I interviewed him. Um, so and he, and he this buys- guy sounds
0: amazing. I'm like <laughs> I'm like I'm dying to like meet him now.
1: <laughs> he, he he's a good guy. I'll I'll connect to you. But um yeah, I've seen him work for large companies with large retainers. I've seen him work for small companies for equity. uh He really does buy into the idea first. I think he's one of those people who's more driven by like what he leaves this earth accomplishing than how big his savings account is.
0: I don't know if I'm just naive, but I've never heard of someone in the branding slash PR space that has this level of integrity. (laughs) It's awesome. So you guys, and we'll include more information on him in the show notes as well. um, So you guys can check him out and see if he's someone that you'd like to work with. Uh, Now, you've been in this game, Brian, for... A while in LA. So what is an event that is a must attend? Is there one that you're like that, you know, that particular one was really worth my time and created a lot of ROI for me?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I go to all the Silicon Beach Fest events. Kevin's a good friend. Um, Kevin
0: Winston from Digital LA and Silicon Beach Fest. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. I actually don't go to many tech events. And I I don't not go because I hate tech people or because I think it's a waste of time, but because my specific job is to grow my business. So we're going to a lot of storage events. We're going to a lot of interior designer events. Um, I, we hang out a lot with the House guys in the Pacific Design Center whenever they throw events because that's that's our audience.
0: One of my favorite marketing people in the whole world, I'm like spacing right now, his last name's Harmon. And he used to be the CMO of a company called Aura Brush. Do you happen to remember the tongue cleaner company, Aura Brush? They like pretty much utilized YouTube to go from zero sales to over a million sales in a year. And uh, it was amazing. The best thing that I learned from him was... Was he said? I don't understand why marketing people hang out with other marketing people. <laughs> like, go to where your audience is, and i right. I just never forgot that. Like, what do you sell, and then go to what your where your audience is hanging out and get to know your audience. And uh, so that's what you're saying is like we you go probably to the furniture expos and stuff exactly. like that. Yep. Um. So what L.A. tech company or talent have you come across lately who have really impressed you?
1: I, I love Weez Labs. I didn't shout them out on accident. I, I love Janelle and Johnson. I love what CJ's doing. Um, I love a, a new company that he's working with called Bash Bros. It was started by... Um, an original co-founder of Buddy Truck, Russell Tuckman, he's killing it.
0: What what do they do?
1: They are going to be the, how would I say it, like the event handling hotels.com. I'm I'm a very bad pitcher for his business, (laughs) but it'd be like the hotels.com for an event. They're going to disrupt Eventbrite. And I think they've got a very good uh, CRM backend that is going to almost compete with Salesforce as far as functionality, but so someone can get their catering, all that other kind of stuff all in one app. It'd be like, think about if... Planning your wedding was so easy that you could do it right from your phone versus uh, spending 18 months preparing for it.
0: Planning a wedding from your phone?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: I like, can't even get past The the
1: vision, the vision is huge. It's, um, it's daring, which is why I like it. But um, it's, it really is that simple and it saves people a lot of time. And I, I like anything that saves time.
0: And what's the URL?
1: They are bashpros.com, like you're throwing a bash and then pros, P-R-O-S. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Uh, So you guys, and we'll also include that in the show notes so you could easily access um, that site. If you had one ask of the community, something that they could do to support you in your growth moving Buddy Truck forward, what would that ask
1: be? My ask would just be to treat every person you meet like they're your best friend. From a selfish perspective, number one, you'll be surprised how well people treat you when you treat people well. And and number two, from a, an entire community perspective, I think not just you and that person, but the community at large benefits whenever we treat each other like uh, friends instead of foes or friends instead of strangers. I right. really don't like the word stranger. I don't like I to treat <laughs> anybody like a stranger. I, I think humans are humans. From a right-brained like logical perspective, every human, whether it's a, a 18-year-old female and a 60-year-old male, uh, share 99% of the same DNA, same genetical code. We are a lot more alike as individuals than we are different. So the best thing you can do to support Buddy Truck is just to be a buddy wherever you go.
0: I love it. I mean, I just... I really resonate i mean just i'm telling you from when you came in here i'm like man this guy takes way more of an interest like it's so rad than like (laughs) most people i come across this is good now like having this interview i i see why it's part of your core values and uh yeah it shows bright how can people connect with you
1: yeah you can connect with me on any social channel follow me at brian michael f um on instagram snapchat or twitter you can find me on Facebook, Brian Foley, or go to com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the We Are LA Tech podcast. Thanks I, for having me. I was ridiculously excited by this interview because, as I'm sure you guys experience a lot, when you have that personal connection with something, you just want to explore it more. Like, how was this random thing in the world such a positive impact in my life? And so this has been great having you on. You guys, I absolutely adore you. I will continue to bring the most amazing founders, investors, engineers, talent happening in LA Tech to you every single day on the We Are LA Tech podcast. If you want to connect with more people in a digital way, go to wearelatech.com slash VIP. That's wearelatech.com slash VIP for the We Are Tech private chat where there's so many people being so collaborative and supportive. I logged in the other day and people were helping with like other people's programming questions, which I thought was cool. That I mean, it costs a lot to hire a developer so that everybody's just so supportive about helping people with their programming challenges. Another person hired their developer there. Uh, I saw someone that got a marketing job on there. I'm like, yes, it's Working. So definitely check that out. And of course, you can always connect with me at Esprit Devora on Twitter or at We Are LA Tech. You guys, I will talk to you guys here. You guys see you guys in the next episode. Bye.